Hey guys, uh, before I start off this episode, I just want to give you a little trigger warning. I left one in the description, um, but number one, I start off with personal beef, so I come in really hot. Bear with me because I promise it gets to a relevant point. And then I do dive into some issues that can be triggering for some people, like body, uh, body issues, fat phobia, Um, I talk about representation in the media, the Kardashians, woke culture, all from the lens, through the lens of my own perspective as, you know, a white person living in the United States. I do try to be really mindful of the context of everything and give like a nuanced perspective without sharing, you know, you know, I'm just sharing my experience, right? And so I just want to make that clear before the episode starts off. That's where I'm coming from. I'm not claiming to know anything about the experiences of people of color um, or people with anorexia. I'm speaking from my own experience, having a binge eating disorder, body issues, etc. Please keep that in mind before you listen to the show. I really think I did an okay job of like being aware of all that, but I just want to leave a trigger warning for my sensitive people. Anyway, enjoy the episode. Thanks for listening. So today's episode is, what day is it? I don't know. I don't know if I'm even going to tell the date and time anymore. Like I'm, I say I'm pre-recording and I don't even need, I'm not going to explain myself, right? Cause I don't, this podcast is not going anywhere. Um, so nothing matters, but I just wanted to talk again cause I don't really, yeah, I can't edit the episodes. So this is just free form, free form content. I don't know, man. If you listen to my last episode, I talked about how I was going in the psych ward and all this stuff. Um, I didn't end up going. I got in touch with my doctor. We figured shit out. Because, like, your doctors don't even want you to go to the psych ward. That's how bad it is, right? They'd rather treat you with medication, and they would rather you stay at home because the psych ward um, is such, such an inhumane place that the doctors don't even want you to go there. It's like the last resort, right? So just so you guys are aware of like what, you know, what's actually going on and how mentally ill people are treated in this country. Meh. I don't want anybody's pity. I don't want anybody to feel bad for me. And I'm just giving you a disclaimer uh, before you listen to this episode because I don't know if I, I don't know. I, I am on Instagram for my podcast. Um, and... I posted a bunch of content yesterday, which it doesn't matter, like the date and time doesn't matter, but but whenever I thought I was going to the hospital yesterday, I ended up not going. Obviously, like I said, I talked to my doctor and we figured things out. And so instead of going to the hospital, I just stayed at home and like made a bunch of content, which is fine. Um, But I wanted to give myself sort of like an at-home psych ward experience because I still need to get myself on a routine and in the right mindset because I haven't been able to do that since Christmas and if you listen to my previous episode you can figure out why not that anybody's listening I don't care I really don't care um so just like a couple disclaimers I make this podcast for me now and I know there there are two people who listen um but I I just, I don't expect anything to go anywhere at this point. I don't expect anything I do online to ever be successful. And I know maybe you guys are like, oh, oh, believe in yourself, girl. Shut up. Um, shut up. 
I'm I'm actually kind of angry when I'm recording this. And I know I know that. And I know going into this that I'm angry. And I'm going to really try because I can't edit these episodes. I can't edit. I can only record. Can't edit. And I don't like editing audio. I used to do YouTube videos. That's my thing. But I don't have a working computer right now. I don't have a camera. The iPhone I have, I don't even know. It's it's like a 6. So, and I can't afford shit. So it's like, and I don't want to be that annoying bitch who doesn't get a job, but like just posts a GoFundMe so I can, you can fund my life instead of me getting a job. Right. But I'm not getting a job either because fuck, fuck being exploited. And I talk about that in my last episode. I talk about poverty. So go listen to that. I don't care. But what I just wanted to record today, because I guess this is my vibe now. And I have a couple things I wanted to talk about, but mainly I wanted to give you an update on my mental health, if anybody cares, uh, because I was going to go to the psych ward yesterday. Like I said, I didn't end up going, so I'm giving myself a DIY psych ward experience at home, which is honestly better. You know, it's like the psych ward, except for nobody's physically abusing you, um, nobody's, uh, you know, yelling at you, or forcing you to do things you don't want to do, or... Um, yeah, and you don't have to pay, I mean, I have to pay money to live here, but fuck, not thousands of dollars, and you don't need insurance either to do a DIY psych ward experience. So before I get into my beef that I have, uh, with an individual, which I, like, to be honest, guys, I don't know how to, I don't know, like I said, I want to give a disclaimer, and I want to give this disclaimer because this is kind of the direction my content is moving. Not that I'm going to continue making content. I'm not going to make any promises. Um, but I talk about my real life. And I talk about people I know. But obviously I do it very vaguely. And the people who I'm talking about don't listen to the show. And I have people I know who listen to the show. But they don't know me. Like they're not in my life right? Like social media is not real life, obviously. And everybody I follow on social media, I call them my friends, but it's like, I don't really know these people. You know what I'm saying? So I have like two actual friends right now, which is fine. I don't really, I don't care. I don't need people to like validate my self-esteem or whatever. And I'm not saying friendships are bad. Like just fuck off. Listen to my other episode if you need an explanation. Um, but what I'm saying is I can count on my left hand the people who I actually interact with on a weekly, not even weekly basis. You know what I mean? And I'm never going to talk shit about my family. Um, And most of my friends are my family. I've known them forever. The two best friends I have, I mean, and I, and I call them my best friends, but it's like friendship is different when you're an adult. Uh, The people in my life now I've known for 10 plus years. So, and I've really done, I, and, and I don't know, I've really like taken the time to cut out everybody who is negative and, and like, I don't know. So I really love the people in my life. So if you're listening and you love me, like, just know I'm never talking shit about you. I don't talk shit about my family. Um, I talk shit about people who I have beef with. And if I'm going to talk shit about somebody I'm not going to use their real name because 
I mean, not that this podcast is going anywhere, but I don't want to give them free promo. Um, but I am going to make it so if you are personally, if you went, basically, if you went to high school with me, because I know some, some of you guys who I went to high school with listen to my stuff. So, and that's fine. Like I, whatever, I appreciate the support. Um, so the reason I do that is just for people who know who I'm talking about. I want them to know because I don't like this person and I'm not going to, and I'm, I'm not going to unblock them ever. And if they, ha- if they want to speak to me in person, find me, they know where I am. They know who they know me. I've, I've also known this person who I'm beefing with, uh, for 10 plus years. Not that we've ever been friends. Um, but I know them. I've known, I've known who they are since they were a child, okay? And I used to do this thing in my life, and I know, like, I promise you guys, this is going somewhere. Like, this isn't just petty bullshit drama. This is petty bullshit with a purpose, okay? And I guarantee you this person who I'm talking about is not going to listen to my show. You know, I have people blocked on my personal page who I'm never going to unblock on my personal page because I truly... This person I particularly hate, and and I'm going to get into why. I'm going to get into all of that, and I promise there's, like, a message behind it, okay? And you don't know anybody in my life if if you've never met me or listened to the show. So this isn't, like, like, I'm not, like, an influencer in any way. So this isn't any sort of, like, relevant drama, right? And I'm not going to mention their name. I'm going to mention a version of their name so people who know me and know them know who the fuck I'm talking about. So then if I ever see somebody I like in person who went to school with me, we can talk shit about this person, okay? And I'm not doing that to be petty. I don't care. I'm, I don't promote values on this show <laughs> as far as, like, you shouldn't gossip. You shouldn't do this. You sh-. Like, I don't give a fuck what you do. I'm not going to judge you. I'm not even, I mean, okay, I'm judging this person. But everybody else who I've ever interacted with, I'm not necessarily, like, judging. I'm going to criticize, but I'm not judging. And if you can't comprehend the difference between those two things, then don't listen. So, I've just had a weird life, and I'm going to start talking about the experiences I've had because it's such a specific, weird, strange phenomenon that is my life. And I'm not doing, I'm not saying this because I want to, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want attention. I would love it if nobody ever listened to the show. I would really love that. Um, like honestly. So, and I'm not responding to any more DMS on any Instagram at all. Any of my pages. If you have my phone number, you can text me. And if you don't have my phone number, I'm not going to talk to you. And it's not like, I don't like you. It's just, I I don't want to, I don't, I don't like these interactions on social media with people who I don't know. And there are people on my page that I follow that I have known or gone to school with, but I, I've never been true friends with them in real life. And not, not saying that I wouldn't be, um, but I just don't want to talk to people like that, if that makes sense. So if you have my number and you want to say something like hit me up, I don't care. Um, but the, but anyway, I'm going to get into all that. But what I'm saying is I want to talk today about uh, trusting your intuition, right? So I don't think everybody is like intuitive and I didn't know and I don't know. I don't want to be that bitch who's like, I'm an empath. Like, I don't 
I don't care about all that. I, I mean, it's true, but I'm not going to talk about that because for me, I'm, I'm past the phase of like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm choosing not to be an empath anymore. Um, cause it's not helpful. It's not healthy to feel everybody's feelings. It's not healthy to absorb all that energy, truly. So in order to protect myself, I'm not doing it anymore. It's not that I don't have empathy. It's that I'm only giving my empathy to people who deserve it and people who reciprocate it, right? I'm very tired of going out of my way to like let people know I give a shit about them and they don't give anything back. So, and it's like, I'm not mad. It's just people upset me because there are a lot of people who claim to be my friend, who like claim to have, and I'm not, you don't know any of, like, none of this is relevant to you. So like, whatever. But I know I'm not the only one who's had this experience, but like people will say shit to me or like I'll hear stuff that they say about me to other people and they think we have like a close, deep relationship (laughs) and they think they know me and they think maybe even if they think highly of me, I just find it so interesting that people think I'm their friend and I hate them. (laughs) Um, And I don't I only hate one person right now in the whole world. Um, and thank you, girl, for inspiring this episode. Mm. And so, and uh, like, I don't know. I think it's really interesting when people go around and talk shit behind your back and do shady things and don't speak to you for years. And I'm not talking even about one person. I'm talking about multiple people who have claimed to be my best close friend and do this shit. And it's very funny to me. Um, and then when I call them out and I'm like, I mean, yeah, you haven't spoken to me in two years and now you want to be my best friend and like be involved in my life and hang around me and my family. And I'm like, uh, I literally haven't heard from you in two years. And then you want to pull up some petty shit and I'm not like, you know, and be like, and think that we're so close. It's really interesting to me. Psychologically, it's interesting. And I think a lot of, a lot more people... I'm not even going to get into it. I was going to say something about personality disorders, but I'm not, I forget that I'm not editing this episode and I need to be aware of that. So I really need to watch what I say, but I think it's really interesting the way people kind of like think they know me or think they're close to me, especially since I do share a lot of myself online. Um, but (laughs) None of y'all could tell me my favorite color. You know what I'm saying? It's like you you think you have all this information about me because maybe you knew me once or you or you've seen me have a manic episode online or I've sent you a message or like or you know my my husband. Like it's just so weird to me. Um so and it's always and I know this is like a normal experience for people, right? It's like you get bullied in high school and people talk so much shit about you. Um, and they're horrible to you. And then you grow and leave and you never see these people again. And they continue to talk shit and they remain close to people you love. And they continue to talk shit about you to people you love, um, which creates beef with people you love, even if those people you love don't feel that way about you. And then years go by and the person is still blocked on my Instagram Um, and they try and I, well, no, 
I I hadn't even blocked this person because I didn't follow them or anything, right? And then I have my whole, you know, um, two years ago, you know, or I don't even know, 2019, I had like a bad manic episode. (sighs) Like a year before I started this podcast or something. And it's really interesting. Like, I don't want to talk about it because I've talked about it on the show, but like, people are so weird. There were people like, Obviously, I found out who my real friends were because they messaged me and, like, cared about me. And then once I came out of all that and I came out on the other side, you know, and I and I'd been fat and I, you know, ugly fat. I had shaved my head. Um, And then I come out on the other side. You know, I got back with my husband and I'm not bragging. Like, I'm just giving you the facts of what happened in my life. I worked my ass off. I was alone for two years. I lost all the weight. I mean, not all the weight, but I lost weight. Um. You know, I, my hair grew back. Um, and then, you know, and then these people want to try to follow me whenever my account was private. It's like, oh, now you feel comfortable with who I am. So and now I'm acceptable to you because I'm not fat and ugly. Um, and so now you want to be my friend again. Cool, girl. I didn't forget all the shit you talked about me. When people call you fat and then they expect you to want to be friends with them after you've lost weight. It's really interesting because I was fat and it was because I had a binge eating disorder due to medication and this bitch and I'm going to say I'm going to give a little alliteration for her name now. So the people who know me and know her can know who the fuck I'm talking about. Please DM me if you have more shit to say about this bitch. Um, So her 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 pseudonym is I'm going to try to say it without giving her free promo. Um, Grelly Blortney. That's what her name rhymes with. Grelly Blortney. Um, and if you know, like, I don't care. I do not care. What is she going to do to me? You can't take anything away from me when I have nothing. What do I have left? I have no reputation, no money, nothing. Please try to come for me. Quelly Clorton, try. Fuck you. Um, and the reason, like, I don't know. I think it's really interesting when people talk so much shit about you. And I, and I was like binge eating and on medication. And she said to my uh, she was friends with like my boyfriend at the time, but we weren't really together. It was complicated. Anyway, she said, oh my God, it's like so sad how she let herself go. She's so gross. Like she said something like that to him. And he told me cause he's my best friend and best friends tell you everything girl. <laughs> and it's so fucking weird because this bitch is friends with people I know. Not that I'm friends. Like we don't have mutual friends. Mm-mm. Um, because anybody who's associated with her is my enemy at this point. So, and I'm not saying, like, I have nothing to lose, right? I'm just calling out bullshit because it really makes me angry and nobody's listening to my podcast and she's never going to hear it. So she's blocked on my personal now because after, after all that shit happened and I don't, I don't keep up with you, girl. I don't keep up with you. Um, so I don't care if you've experienced growth. I've heard stuff about you from mutual people, like, not even bad stuff. Like, I, ha- I used to have a mutual friend with you. Um, so it's like, I don't even think you're a terrible person. I just don't like you at all. And I think you've been really cruel to me. And I don't want to, I'm never going to, like, drag up shit about how garbagey you were in high school because everybody's garbage in high school. Like, I truly don't know you like that. So it's interesting that you feel like you know me enough to comment on my life to people who know me. Mm-hmm. I'm saying it. Um, and this is really somebody who I actually know. I have mutual connections with. I know their family. Uh, 
Yeah. And I'm going to get into all that. Um, but it's such a weird experience. And I always knew that was going to happen, I guess, because I even when I was fat, I was secure. I've oh, I don't know. People are so stupid. They think if you're fat, it's like you feel bad about yourself. And that's not true. I, I, I knew I was fat, but like I didn't have time to sit and feel horrible all the time. Like because I was living my life. Right. And so when people say shit like and these were my supposed friends, not friends, this bitch is blocked, too. And I'm not even going to say an alliteration for her name because I don't hate her, but she's never getting unblocked. But she was supposedly my best friend, right? Like, you know, when your best friends with somebody, like somebody with a, I can't say, like, I don't want to talk, I don't want to say personality disorders, but histrionic. I don't think it's in the DSM-5 anymore. So it's like when people have the histrionic vibe going on um, and you get deeply enmeshed in their life and you're best friends with them, so, you know, as, as, as much as, as functional as that can be. And then, and they... They claim all this like, oh, I love you. You're my best friend. You're my soulmate. And then and then they get an excuse for being an asshole because it's like, oh, that's just them. They just say things they don't mean. And I'm like, why do why do they get that excuse, dude? It's like, oh, well, that's just their personality. And it's like if somebody's hot, (laughs) they can they can get away with being a true cunt. So anyway, when I was fat, just so you know, I didn't care. I wasn't I mean, I felt bad, but it was like. I knew that I was have that I had a binge eating disorder due to medication and stress. So when people comment and say I'm fat, I'm not going to sit there and be like beating myself up over it because I, I, you know, I actually know what's going on and it's rude to call people fat. Even if they like, regardless of the situation, you shouldn't talk about people's weight like that. And it's, and I don't want to hear people talk about, well, skinny shaming is a thing. Shut the fuck up. Shut up. Shut up. Go suck on some Ozempic. Like, just, it's not the same. It's not the same. And it's not like I'm body positive. Like, I don't want to get into all that because it's too stupid. People aren't smart enough to have a conversation about it. Really, you guys aren't, you're not ready, dude. So, like, just don't, just shut up about people's weight. I would never, ever, like, mention somebody's weight like that. I don't know. Like, it's just so stupid. So anyway, the girl who was like supposedly my best friend, I remember I saw her after I gained a bunch of weight and she was like, how much weight did you gain? And I was like, oh my God, like, just do you want to like, do you want me to get on a scale and I can give you an exact number? Would you like that? Would you like to speak with my dietitian and get my blood blood sugar levels? Would you like me to give you a detailed list of everything I've eaten for the past year? Would you like that? Would that make you feel more comfortable? Yeah. Um, and I think people think if you, if you're fat, they think you feel ugly. And I, I didn't feel ugly. I've always been secure. Hate to tell you guys. I've always known that my looks are like the least important thing about me. I guess you guys didn't learn that lesson. So sorry. I mean, this is why we need to bring back bullying because people bully you for your looks when you're in middle school and you're supposed to get over it in the sixth grade. Like that's literally something you learn in the sixth grade to be secure. So I can't sit here and coddle these 25 year and I'm and I'm 25. And if you have criticisms for me, like this is not an eating disorder. Um, This is not an eating disorder talk. This is a mental health talk. 
I'm not talking about, I'm, I mean, I'm talking about my experience and I really don't like it. Um, when people try to compare the experiences of being skinny to being fat, I, I, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about anorexia. I don't. And I'm not going to like, I'm not going to like get into it more because like I said, I can't edit this. So I need to calm down for a second. I just need to breathe. Anyway. Um, so I just always think it's really interesting that people assume if you're overweight, you feel horrible about yourself and you hate yourself, right? It's more of a reflection of how you feel about yourself. Like you're obviously self-conscious about your weight if you're, if you're thinking about mine enough to comment on it, right? (laughs) And I knew that then and I know that now. So it's not like this lesson I've had to learn. Like I've dead ass known that since I was 11. Um, and I don't care. Like, I don't care. I'm not going to sit here and coddle you and like try to make you feel better because you've always been skinny and pretty. Sorry. I'm not going to. And I know people I'm not going to talk about pretty privilege um, and I'm not going to talk about being conventionally attractive because that's not been my experience. <laughs> and I don't want to hear about conventionally attractive people's struggles. Sorry. Not my vibe. So I don't know. There's a lot of interesting conversations we could have about fat phobia. But like I said, y'all aren't ready. Y'all aren't ready for the real shit. And that's cool. Like I said, no judgment. Um, but I just, I don't know. I don't know. I wanted to talk about that because it's so relevant. And this girl, the Charlie Courtney girl, who I'm not going to say her full name, but what I, what upsets me the most and the reason I'm talking about this girl, the reason I'm calling you out, ho. Because I know you're not listening. Like, it's just so fucking stupid. You can't talk shit about somebody and be a bitch to them your whole life and then want to be their friend. Like, you don't get to have your cake and eat it, too. I don't care if you feel guilty for being a cunt. Like, I think people are really interesting. I've had this experience a lot with people who I've cut off. It's like, you know, they treat you like shit. And you're there for them and you're a good friend and then and then to finally get tired of it and you're like, okay, like th- like I'm blocking you and like I'm never going to speak to you again. Um, and then they get really upset at you. <laughs> and they try, they even, and then maybe even you have a period where you don't speak and then they change and they, they expect you to allow them into your life. And they expect you to, it's not like I'm a forgiving person. That's not the issue. But I don't forget And I'm sorry, I'm not a Christian. I don't need to, like, have all of these people in my life who've done me wrong. I can set boundaries and not be a doormat for people who I don't like. And even if you were never mean to me, bloody blortney, even if you were never mean to me, I've never liked you from the second I saw you. And I remember the first time I saw you. And I I was probably seven. And I looked at you and I said, I don't like, I don't like her. I don't like her. And that opinion has never changed. Regardless of if you had been nice to me that day when I saw you in the grass doing cartwheels, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have wanted to be your friend anyway. So it's like it's not and and not that I ever would have been mean to you because I and I mean, say what you want about me. Please drag me. Talk shit. (laughs) I don't care. I've exposed myself. Like, what are you guys going to say that hasn't been said? Really think about it. What can you say or do that hasn't been said? Um, but like, I, I don't go out of my way to ever be mean to people ever. Like to me, that's just like a decent way to live, you know? And I also don't look at people and like think critically about how they look. 
to be honest, unless I don't like them. And even if I don't like them, I'm not going to fucking shame you for the way you look. Come on. Come on. Be real. Like, it's just so stupid. It's like, you're not even entertaining, funny enough. You don't have a good enough personality to come up with a creative insult. You just want to comment on my weight. God. Like, and, and you're not even, you're too much of a bitch to say it to my face. Okay. Whatever. The reason I'm talking about this girl is because I have family members who live in, like, a town where her family lives. And one of them told me, like, that, oh, oh, you're related to this, this, my person's friend. And you're telling people we're friends. And you're telling people, and I don't care about your relationship with my husband, like, or your friendship. Like, I don't, that doesn't affect me anymore. But I want you to know I, I don't go around, number one, I don't talk about you. <laughs> I don't, like, you're so, there's nothing interesting about you. Like, you're so boring. Like, there are bitchy people who are worth my time, at least. But you're so boring and lame. I don't, and I'm not, like, like, I just don't think about you. I don't go around talking about you. Um, and if you're talking about being friends with my husband, that's, like, not my not my business and I mean and I and I'm not like that's not my business but it's when people come up to members of my family and say oh I'm so-and-so's grandmother she's friends with your sister-in-law whatever you're not my friend you were never my friend you didn't even pretend to be my friend and that's where I draw the line when I start hearing stuff from my family don't don't Oof, my family is like, I really value my family. Um, there, and I don't want to, yeah. And the people close to me, I don't know. I don't think there's a lot of people like me out there who are all or nothing. I'm loyal to my core, to the people I care about. Um, there's not people, there's not a lot of people like me. And I'm not saying that to be like, you know, up my own ass. I'm just being for real. Like I'm all or nothing, ride or die. So if, so my family is everything and it, and I can talk shit about my family and I can say stuff about my family, but if anybody else who's not related to me tries to talk shit, I will attack you. Um, and when you when I'm hearing about you from my family, when I've done so much to never hear about you, and I'm having to hear about you and your, like, I, I can't, dude. Please do not continue to think that we're friends. Please. The fact that you're going around, I don't care what you say about my husband, but the fact that you're going around telling people that we're friends and people in your family think that we are friends? Bro, get a grip, dude. Get a grip. I don't have beef with your family. I don't. I have beef with you as an individual. And you've never been, like, um, confident enough, I guess. I don't know what your vibe is. I don't know if whenever you tried to follow me that one time, you were going to, like, send me a message and apologize because I don't want to hear it. If I ever see you in person, feel free to come up to me, but don't pretend like, don't think that I'm going to be, like, accepting of what you have to hear, bro. Come on. Like, who do you think I am? I don't know. People are so stupid. Sorry, I'm getting emotional. Um... So that's what I have a problem with is when I start hearing about people I hate from fam from members of my family and it's within the context of like this person thinks that you're their friend. 
That's what, what I have beef with. You may be mutual friends with people who I've gone to school with, um, but you are not my friend. No, like you're not even, you're my, you're the opposite. You're literally my enemy, literally number one enemy. So please, like Courtney, I'm asking you to stop saying you're my friend. Stop pretending. I don't care about the relationship you had with my husband, but you're not, don't like what are you're acting like we were close. You're acting like you were, I can't. So anyway, that's my beef. That's my personal beef that I wanted to talk about because this bitch is blocked on my personal. I don't block people on my podcast because of engagement. Um, so it's like, if you want to, if you want to reach out to me, email manicstateofmind at gmail.com. I'd love to read an apology. doesn't mean I'm going to respond. doesn't mean I care. Um, and I'm never going to speak to you in real, like, like there's just like, I think so low of you, like, just so you know, if you, I'm happy you think I'm a friend, but I think so low of you. And I'm sure you weren't really, I'm sure, I'm sure you don't think we're friends. I'm sure you didn't say, you know, Skylar's my friend. I'm sure because there's no way you could even possibly think that like, there's just no way. So I know that's not even the case, but it's the fact that I'm hearing about you from members of my family when I'm on Christmas vacation. And the mention of your name brings me to such a place of rage where, like, I want to, like, twist something. So, and I, it's not healthy for me to be in that place. And I don't know what you're like. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what happened. I don't know. I don't know anything about you because I don't keep up with you because I don't think about you like that. Um, but when I do think about you, it's like an overwhelming rage. And I wish you would come face me instead of instead of me having to hear about you through the grapevine. Cause I, I don't even want to, I can't, I don't want to be involved in any part of your life or with anybody, you know, even, and I know that sucks, but it's like when you, when somebody is so rude to you and, and I know not everybody's like this. I'm not, yeah, I know I'm a dying breed. Um, but I really believe in revenge and it doesn't mean I'm going to go out and do stupid shit and like physically hurt anybody or any of that garbage, obviously. But I think I believe in karma and and I and so and to me, revenge is karma. It doesn't have to be like, you know, Italian mafia style, bury somebody in the trunk in the I don't even know what I'm saying. But <clears throat> but I think the reason I wanted to talk about this, like I know I've been unhinged until now, but the reason I wanted to talk about this is to bring up the fact that like you can for I mean, and I haven't forgiven this person, so I'm not going to pretend like I have, but. You can, you're allowed to never speak to people again. I think there's this weird thing. And I know it's not really, I know in the, like the secular world, it's not a thing. But because I was raised in like a cult, like a Christian cult, um, Seventh-day Adventism, Google it. There will be an episode at some point. Um, but there was always this thing like, well, Jesus forgives, so you must forgive. And I remember my Bible teacher, and I'm dead ass, guys. Dead ass, please. Like, for the one, nobody's listening, but my Bible teacher said, if, if he was talking about Jeffrey Dahmer, and he said, if Jeffrey Dahmer molested, killed, and ate your brother, would you be able to forgive him? And he wanted us to say yes, because that's what Jesus would do. And I don't, that's why I'm not Christian. That's literally why I'm not Christian. Because if somebody molested, killed, and ate my family member, I would, I would feel like doing the same thing to them. And that's a normal human reaction. 
You shouldn't. You sh it, you're sick in the head if somebody can hurt a member of your family and you can look at them and say, well, Jesus Christ accepts you and forgive. Like, there's, I'm sorry, but that's not okay. You're allowed to, like, be upset at people. And, and even though, even members of your family, um, who, cause there's members in my family who have like said, who have consistently just like been assholes to me. And I, and I don't talk to them anymore because of it. Like I don't, I refuse to speak to them. So it's like, yeah, you're my family and I'll defend you if somebody comes for you because that's family, but I'm not going to speak to you because of ABC, you know, thousands of examples in my life of you being an asshole and nobody holds you accountable. So and I and I'm not the kind of person who goes around and says, oh, well, this person is just that way. That's just who they are. You know, they're just selfish or they're just an asshole. It's like, good. I mean, but I've I don't get that excuse, you know, and especially in regards to my family, because my family forced me to, and I'm not complaining, but like my family forced me to get therapy and take medication. And I'm the only one who out of my siblings and everything who did. And I'm not the only mentally ill one. So for me, it's hard to deal with my family members who are never forced to be accountable because I'm not, I'm never, I was never given that um, opportunity and I was punished and persecuted for, you know, being who I was and, and doing the same things. And then people who have different issues, but, you know, they're not held accountable and I'm supposed to just act like everything's normal and act like they've never said anything that bothered me because that's just who they are. No. Fuck it. Fuck that. Fuck that. And I'm serious. I'm saying this, guys, because like I know a lot of you guys. I mean, I don't know. See, I, I always say a lot of you guys who listen. I don't think I don't think anybody listens, but um, I know some people who I've gone to school with have listened before. So it's like, you know, about Seventh-day Adventism. And even if you don't know Seventh-day Adventism, it's like growing up religious, regardless of how you feel now. Right. And I'm not trying to be hateful. So um, just keep that in mind. Like, I'm not. I don't hate anybody. I don't even hate Christians. I just hate my experiences with them. And I'm not, and I'm just not Christian. So if you are Christian, I know, like, I'm not talking about you. Okay. And I'm not even talking. Yeah. I'm not like, I'm not saying Christians in general. It's just, this is my experience with Christianity. And it wasn't really Christianity. It was Seventh-day Adventism and it's a cult. So it's not the same as like non-denominational stuff. And I'm saying that because like for people who listen, who are not like, who don't know anything, who don't know me. Um, and I, and like I said, I'm going to explain all of that in a, in a, in an upcoming episode. And if you want references, just check my, um, Instagram manic state of mind podcast. So what I'm saying is like, I'm, I'm not, I don't think it's like, you don't have to let everybody back into your life. You don't have to, you don't have to forget, like you can forgive, but the thing about forgiveness is it's, it's not for the other person. It's for you. That's what people don't get. And I think Christianity gets that all fucked up. And I'm not getting into Christianity because this is a mental health podcast. Um, but like forgiveness is, is, is so you can have peace. It's not so the other person gets vindicated. It's not to make the other person feel better. It's to make you let go of resentment so you're not living with that in your life, right? Right. <laughs> That's why I don't even like talking about this girl. Shortney. I don't like talking about her um, because it makes me so mad. And I know I need to let go of that resentment, not for not to make her feel better. I don't give a fuck about her, but to make me feel better. So I don't get triggered every time I, you know, think of her name and like people talk about her. Right. 
Um, and so that's kind of the lesson I wanted to give. And like resentment is what kills you. Truly. Keeping things inside like that. And I know from experience because like I said in my last episode, I don't open up to people. I keep everything locked. And I mean my feelings. Um, thinking is easy for me. But feeling and expressing my feelings and like being okay with my feelings has been a really difficult journey. So my MO for many years, and there's a lot of reasons why this is. I mean, one of them is because, you know, my parents were kind of emotionally abusive when I physically and emotionally abusive when I was a kid. Um, and like, and I'm not going to get into that now, but like I was punished for being emotional um, and there was a lot of like, you know, oh, I'll give you something to cry about, you know, like, don't cry. And it's like, you know, when your parents tell you not to cry and then you, you can't, you makes you cry. And there was like, just like a lot of my family always telling me that I was too sensitive and I need to toughen up. And so, and hearing that, and I'm not saying like, I'm not mad. I'm not mad at my family. Like I said, I'm never going to talk shit about my family. I'm going to be real about my family, but I have a good relationship with all of them now. Because they forced me to go to therapy. <laughs> um, so I don't care. Like, so I'm just making that clear. But I want to give the truth, right? Um, so it was like all my life, you know, my whole family's just telling me, like, you're too sensitive. You need to grow up. Stop being a little bitch. Not in those words. But, like, you know, I was punished for, like, expressing my feelings. Um, and so I, I really took that in. And I said, okay, well... I have to keep everything inside because every time I cry or I express emotions or I complain or I get upset, I am told that I need to suck it up, pull myself up by my bootstraps and figure it out. And I'm not upset about that. That that being raised like that has made me who I am. And if I hadn't been raised that way and if I hadn't been brought up by just a bunch of crazy women who are... I like I love more than anything I wouldn't know I wouldn't be who I am so I'm not like I wouldn't do that to my kid but I'm not saying it wasn't effective it was just unhealthy for me so it gave me like the unhealthy coping skill of bottling up right and I got in trouble a lot as a kid all ev forever and as an adult I still feel like I get in trouble all the time because I was just it wasn't I wasn't a bad kid it was just ADHD undiagnosed untreated and then going to Seventh-day Adventist schools where there's no mental health awareness or, like, help at all or education. We didn't even have, like, I don't even know if we had a special needs teacher or, like, none of that. And when you're, and when you're bipolar, ADHD, you know, you present normal and, and people, like, people, if you're not, like, obviously autistic or um, anything like that, people don't recognize that there's a problem. And so they kind of like hold you to this standard, like, why aren't you being like everybody else? You know, you show up, you, you know, all this stuff. And then they're not, a lot of people treat kids bad. Like if a kid is acting out, instead of trying to see what's, you know, what's going on at home, um, you know, what's going on emotionally with this kid. At least when I was coming up, it was like, you're bad, you're bad. Why this? Why that? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? And there wasn't room for me to be a kid and like learn and, um understand what emotions were and why I felt a certain way there was no space there was no like emotional support in my family um so because of that my coping skill has been to 
be turn inward and and never speak about my feelings to anyone and i and that's develop healthy coping skills in a way i mean not really i don't want to i don't want to credit it right uh but anyway so so i turned to other things i turned to creative stuff as my outlet for my emotions so i've always written you know i used to write journals all the time i used to write a lot i don't write anymore but i used to write all the time and that was my outlet and like singing was my outlet um just being creative was a way for me to express my feelings. So, and that's, I don't think you need to be abused to experience that. So that's why I'm not saying, I'm not going to sit here and promote the idea of telling a kid that they're being too sensitive and they need to pull themselves up by their bootstraps. I'm not saying, I don't think that's good. I'm not condoning that, but it did make me who I am. But you can be confident, secure, happy, and healthy without going through that, right? That's what I want to make clear. Um, so anyway, that's been my experience emotionally. And so I tended, I tend to internalize everything. And because I had nobody to talk to about my feelings, um, cause my family, like they don't talk about feelings, you know, nobody, and, and, and I don't want to get into it, like I said, but it's like, nobody would check in with me and say like, how'd you feel today? How'd this make you feel? How'd that make you feel? There was none of that. And then as soon as I, as soon as I was like in middle school, my, my parents started working and I was like fully on my own. I mean, I had all my physical needs met, but like I was alone all the time. So, and like my parents really weren't around and I'm, cause they were working. Uh, and then my, I'm not close with my brothers so, because of like the way my parents kind of fucked up. So um, I didn't have anybody in my life, you know, except maybe like a friend at school. And when you're in middle school, none of your friends are good, right? Like you don't make any good friends. They're all horrible and toxic. And I lived in such a small town and like in rural Virginia. So there was just nobody to talk to or connect with emotionally. So I just kind of turned inward. Um, and I would, I would just, I was just alone all the time. When you're alone all the time, you just kind of learn how to like function and there and it's and when you're a kid, you don't know what's going on. So like I was experiencing depression at 11 and I remember just thinking like, wow, I really don't feel like myself really don't. And I and I would think about it. I'm like, damn, like I really haven't felt good in so long. And at 11, you're going through puberty and all that anyway. So it's already the worst time of your life, even if you have emotionally supportive parents. It's already a horrible time. <laughs> and I don't know, teenager, like, I don't know, people now are, it's fucking weird. Teenagers, like, it's not the same. Um, when I was growing up, and I think in real life it's normal, this is just my commentary on, like, social media shit, which isn't real life, so. But in real life, pe- like, kids are ugly, and being a kid is hard. Like, 11 to 18 is horrible and even even I don't know it doesn't really ever get incredible until you I don't know now I feel the best I've ever felt because like I just know who I am and I and I my my who I am hasn't changed um it's just kind of like uh, like because of everything I went through I like didn't know who I was and I want to get deeper into that but I don't really I don't know where to begin. Um, but yeah, so because I didn't have like anybody to connect with emotionally, I just kind of used my creativity to express my emotions. So 
that's kind of how I cope. And because of that, I don't like talking about my feelings with people and I don't really believe in vulnerability. Um, and I know vulnerability looks different for everybody, right? So like some people would look at this podcast and be like, oh my God, you've, and I have been vulnerable. Um, but I am not somebody who, I don't care what people think about me. I never have. And I know, I know people are like, oh my, but everybody's insecure. Yes, everybody's insecure. But at the end of the day, who I am as a person, I've never really given a shit about what other people think about me. And if you know me, you know, that's true. That hasn't changed. So it's like whenever I would have manic episodes online and, and it would be so cringy for me to have to like come out of the hospital and look at all this cringe shit I'd posted and delete everything and send apology messages. Like I've done that so many times. Um, and once you've done like when you're an embarrassing person and I and I do like I'm just I I'm a fool. So I can't I can't I don't have time to sit there anymore and think and I never have. I never take the time to sit and like look at it and think, oh, what are people thinking? Like, I do not give a shit what you think. It doesn't affect me. And because of the way I was raised, because my family was like, well, don't be sensitive. And then also my family, like they, they, that wasn't good, that part. Um, But they also helped me be really secure. Like my mom, you know, she would always, she never... The reason I'm so secure, the reason I don't feel bad when I am fat and and obviously like if you're fat, if you're overweight, like you there you don't need to feel bad obviously and you know that, right? But skinny people cuz they they feel self-conscious and don't come for me, please. Please do not come for me. Um and if you do, like I said, I'm not responding to messages, so whatever. But like people who are skinny they and I'm not I'm, I know this is a generalization but I'm just like giving an example but like they kind of assume because somebody is overweight like they're really worried about it and they're like constantly trying to lose weight and they're constantly insecure um so I think and I don't and I mean people with like disordered eating and disordered patterns right you don't have to be skinny but I think it's like you assume if somebody's fat that they feel like shit and they're you know they feel bad about themselves and it's just not true I was fat and I knew I was fat, but I still felt confident like and I knew because of the way I was raised that the way I look is not important. Um, My outward appearance is not what makes me valuable. And I guess not everybody learned that lesson. And it's like, sorry, girl, sucks to suck. I don't know what to say, Um, but that's why it's good to be ugly as a kid and go through like awkward phases and have people make fun of your looks because you learn like, yeah, I mean, this isn't really who I am. So who I am is like more important than the way I look. And I guess I assumed everybody had figured that out, but some people haven't. And like I said, no judgment. Everybody's on a different journey. But I just want you to know how fat people feel. <laughs> and, it, and it sucks to get made fun of and have people call you fat. It hurts. But you have to come to a place where you know you are more than your body. And obviously not everybody comes to that place. And everybody has that journey. And everybody goes through a journey with their body, obviously, right? And there's and I don't want to get into eating disorders because I don't feel confident to talk about it educatedly. Like I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a psychologist. I don't have a degree in anything. So I talk about my experience and I've been skinny. I've been fat. I've been everything in between. So I get annoyed when people assume fat people are insecure because it's like that's you're just reducing them to their their physical appearance. And that's shitty. 
And so it's like when skinny people get upset that like they're being skinny shamed, it's like, I mean, nobody, I don't know. You're just kind of experiencing what fat people experience every day. So it's like hard for me to feel bad, especially since being skinny is desirable. I mean, and I know we all know that bodies are not trends, but there are a couple people who still obsess over like Kim Kardashian and think she's relevant and cool. And I don't care to do a deep dive into all that. Uh, but like, and I'm not going to judge you if you like Kim, but like I've been dragging the Kardashians for years because and call and calling them out because they, I know Kris Jenner fall like, no, I know they're never going to see it. I don't give a shit. Um, but like, I've been calling them out for years for promoting all of this unhealthy stuff. And so now everybody's like, Oh, it's, the heroin chic is back. No, it's not. Shut up. Shut up. The rich people are taking all the Ozempic for their diet. Um, and people with diabetes can't get it who actually need it. And that's upsetting. And I don't want to hear thin is in because I, none of me, me and my friends, we're not into that. Nobody in real life. And a lot of the people online that I see, that I'm interacting with are not buying that bullshit. We're too smart. We've made it through the early 2000s, guys. Like, we're not going back. Let the celebrities die. <laughs> like, I don't fucking care about them. I think after the pandemic, and I, I don't know how y'all's experience was, um, but I worked the entire pandemic. I never got COVID that I know of. I never got like a positive test, but I worked the entire time. I'm not going to talk about the vaccine because it's political and I don't, I, I mean, it's become political, but I don't, I'm not, I'm not sharing that. Um, but I worked the entire time and like just hearing like I, my favorite part about the pandemic was in the beginning, like when Tom Cruise had it. And then all the celebrities made that, like, Gal Gadot made that video compilation of all those celebrities singing that song, like, I don't even know. It's a good song. Is it by John Lennon? I don't know. But it was like, that was when the facade crumbled and people said, whoa, fuck you and your mansion. Like, the rest of the world is experiencing real life. And so after that, that was my last straw. And so when people and I don't care, like I'm not looking at your page. I'm not I don't care who you follow. I don't care. Um, so if you follow Kim and you like her, like that's none of my business. But I am not falling for this thin as in skinny, um, unrealistic body standard bullshit. It's just not it's like so unattainable to the point that some of y'all look like rotisserie chickens out here. And it's like I'm and like. You need to look into the effects of plastic surgery. I'm not against plastic surgery. I, if I had the money at 19, I would look probably somewhat like Kylie Jenner. Like I, I, I would have fucked everything up. Right. And she, and I know you guys think she looks good, but I think she looks like like she the amount of like shit she's gotten done. I mean, is is probably as much as like a like a 60 year old woman. I just can't even fathom hating yourself so much that you completely buy a new face and I'm not blaming Kylie she's just a product of her environment um but I do have another episode about body dysmorphia where I mentioned Chloe and I had that infamous picture that they tried to remove from the internet up and I still have it on my Instagram but I archived it because um you know Kris Jenner I know she watches my stuff like no but like she will you know delete your page if she sees that shit and I know I'm not important enough for her to 
for to be on her radar, but I'm not going through that. Um, and I want to keep the picture for further, further, further uh, use, and so I can spread it around, baby. Um, but anyway, yeah, Chloe posted a picture of like her grandmother posted an unedited picture of her body, and she looked fine. But like the Kardashians can't; they're so insecure that they can't handle people seeing how they really look, right? So I think the irony of plastic surgery started to hit me whenever, because I remember when Kylie got, I'm the same exact age as Kylie. She was born like a month before me. Like I'm, sh I'm sure she has the same birthday as a lot of my friends because so many of my best friends and like my favorite people are Leos who were born in 1997. <laughs> um, so it's like, I don't hate Kylie. I really don't. And I've watched every single episode of Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Like, I like, I loved their old show. I, and it was peak reality TV, guys. You don't understand. All those shows from the 2000s um, and whatever you were into, right? Whether it was Real Housewives, whether it was uh, Jersey Shore, whether it was any of those shows. Keeping Up. Um, I even watched The Girls Next Door as a young kid. And I mean, it didn't, it didn't really fuck with me. Um, but it's like all that stuff was such good television. And I think people now, because of this awareness and the internet and the way things have progressed, it's like now we look back on all that and we see how problematic it was. But at the time, that was entertainment. And reality TV is like so interesting. It's such like an interesting phenomenon. And it's and it's it's influenced so much how things are like how TV shows are now, even even TV shows um, that aren't reality, right? Like the mockumentary style was like, in my opinion, pulled from reality TV. Like you have shows like The Office and and Modern Family. And I'm geeking out a little bit because I love, I'm obsessed with like uh, production and all that shit. But like the way things are filmed is has been influenced by reality TV. And you see it when you watch shows like The Office where you have these little confessional interviews and the, the camera, you can see somebody's holding it and it really looks like it's really real life. And that was such a golden moment that was created during that time. And I and I'm and I and I'm not I don't know. I'm not woke anymore. I'm not going to sit here and like shame people for who they follow and like say you need to unfollow and unsubscribe from the Kardashians. I don't care that much. But if you can't tell that they're bullshit and if you can't see that their ideas that they promote are bullshit and unrealistic, then like whatever. I don't care. I don't care about that either. But this is just my opinion. So and it's as a, a former fan of the show. Right. And I think it was different in the 2000s because who did we have for a role model? We had Paris and Britney, skinny, blonde, white girls. And I'm, you know, white, but I have a big nose, um, dark hair. Now I'm curvy. So it was like seeing Kim and her sisters who were different than what than the mainstream media was really good for me as a kid. And I think a lot of women feel that way about the Kardashians. I know that. So it was like helpful for me to see somebody just with dark hair and like um, like she Kim had such beautiful Armenian features and I loved like watching the show. I loved when they would talk about being Armenian and when they would go to the Armenian restaurant and you had the belly dancers and, and Rob and like that was so cool. I loved it. And I thought, oh, my God, like I didn't even know what Armenia was. You know, I just thought it was so interesting that we had these like different people to think about and focus on. And I thought it was really cool. And. When you're a kid, you don't really care about all the sex tape stuff. You didn't look into it. And like, I didn't, it didn't bother me. So it was interesting to see the Kardashians morph into these weird creatures that they are now 
and Kim, how she's gone through, like, how many ethnicities at this point. And if you have a problem with what I'm saying, just, I don't care. But, like, it's just so interesting because in the beginning, it's like they had this thing and they could have gone an authentic route, but they went a shady route. Because they're shady. They're fucking shady, guys. Please just do a YouTube search. <laughs> I can't even, I'm not, it's not a conspiracy. It's like, you can Google this shit. But, like, in order to fund their store Dash, they stole money. Because Kim was Brandy's, you know, Ray J's sister Brandy. Um, she was her assistant, right? And so she stole, she used Brandy's mom's credit card to fund, to buy all the stuff they needed to open Dash. And that's, like, you can Google the court document. So they've always been shady. They've always been appropriators. They've always had bad business. And I know Chris Jenner is a genius. She is. I we got to give her her flowers. And she she wasn't she wasn't long-term genius, right? Because she didn't realize that we were going to get authentic and aware in society. But the amount of 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 money she's been able to squeeze out of these untalented I mean, they have no talent. No, nothing. Like they're not even really funny. I mean, I don't think Kim could tell a joke. I don't think, I mean, and what, like, that's not even relevant. But, like, they have, they can't do anything, anything. And all of their products are kind of bullshit. I haven't bought Skims, but I did buy a lip kit, uh, Kylie lip kit, one of the first sets to come out. And it was garbage. It was worse than ColourPop. Um, and then all this stuff comes out. Oh, you know, it's, it is ColourPop lipstick. She just slaps her Kylie logo, logo on it and charges $26 for it. So it's like they've been exposed for all this stuff. And I don't need to do a deep dive when there's so many deep dives out there. Um, so I think Kris Jenner did the best with what she could. And she had a different life than her kids because she had to actually work jobs and like hustle to get where she was at. So it's not that I respect Kris Jenner as a person, but I respect her as a businesswoman. And I do and I think we need to give her credit. I don't think you need, and I know she's evil. I know, but I, I would, I would love, like if I, if we could have a, I would like, if I could interview anybody, I would like to interview Chris and not even in a, like, I, I don't know. I would just like to interview her just like to pick her brain about business, not even to like hear anything else. Right. Um, but, and I have learned so much from just watching the show and, and, and seeing the way they do PR and the way they handle scandals and the way, they manipulate the media and they control the media. So it's interesting because in the early 2000s, we weren't aware of all this. So it's like we fell for it because we had no clue how any of it worked. There was we didn't know. And I know I'm I'm speaking from experience as somebody right who was born in 1997. So I'm the same age as Kylie. So I so just like so, you know, I'm in that weird zillennial generation where like I know I used cassette tapes and I had a VHS and I and I never had an iPad. But like I like I know I'm like I know everything I know everything I'm I'm the perfect generation people who were born in 1997 guys it's different so what I'm saying is I don't remember where I was going with that point but I'm like trying to give you guys context for my age so you know like where I'm coming from because I was I'm the same age as Kylie so I grew up with Kylie I mean watching the show at the, as the same age as her um, so just for context sake, so 
I didn't, when I was watching the show, I was a kid, you know, whenever it came out, I think 2007, I was nine. So I, and I didn't start watching right away. I probably started watching 2011 maybe, but, um, so I didn't know anything about the media and I didn't know about blind items. I didn't know about celebrity gossip necessarily. I've been obsessed with it, but I didn't know about this whole other world of like paying paparazzi and all this stuff. So I, I remember my, my obsession with pop culture began Probably in high school, I used to just go on BuzzFeed and just like I loved looking at pictures of like the Met Gala and like seeing dresses. And I liked seeing I liked celebrities. I just think it's entertaining and I like pop culture. And because I grew up in such a weird religious home and like we didn't really have a TV or like anything, I had I was like starved for entertainment as a kid. I would go over to my friend's house just to watch Disney Channel and I would be like, oh, my God, Hannah Montana. And so there's so much entertainment that everybody else saw that I I don't have experience with because my parents sheltered me so much from it. So I and I've always been obsessed with it since I was a kid. I've always been into it. So it's like I would just I was just missing that so much. And so it's like I was starved for that pop culture. And I know that sounds stupid, but I'm just telling you my experience. So it's like whenever I would you know, whenever I had the chance to watch TV or anything or like be on the computer, you know, I would jump at it and do as much research as I could so I could just learn what was going on in the world because I was in such a sheltered environment. Um, so in high school, I started getting into that really because I had because uh, I wasn't, you know, living with my parents. I went to like a weird Adventist boarding school situation. So I would just get on the computer and like look at shit like that, you know, the lab computer. Um But anyway, so I think now after the pandemic, the veil was lifted for a lot of people as far as celebrity culture goes. We started hearing more about it in the mainstream because I know blind items have been a thing forever. I mean, for a long time. But I think people my age maybe weren't as aware of it because, you know, it's just been a weird time. And I know everybody has a different experience. Right. So but like I think, you know, I don't know when Dumois became a thing, but I heard about it during the pandemic and I don't believe Dumois is credible anymore. Not that I ever did, but that was my gateway to blind items. And then I fell down the hole of crazy days and nights. And you got to check out the podcast Beyond the Blinds. Beyond the Blinds is my favorite one. They have a Patreon. I paid for the Patreon, um, but now I don't pay for it anymore because I'm broke. But They have an episode on Kim. I don't know if it's released on their Spotify yet. I think they have Chloe on their Spotify and Kylie, but they have all these blind items. And if you don't know what blind items are, I think they're just like anonymous things that people submit to gossip websites about celebrities. So it's like not you have to take everything with a grain of salt. But all these blind item people say, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. So whenever I listen to all these Kardashian episodes, it's like you really learn about the world of celebrities and what's actually going on and how they're all just like uh, sex workers. <laughs> Oof. And I wanted I don't know, I'm not going to do a, an episode about that because I would rather you listen to Beyond the Blinds and get like full details about it. Um, because I don't I don't I don't have enough experience to explain all of it. So I might try a brief explanation, but it's and I don't I don't know. I don't need to get into yachting in this episode because my conversation is more about like bodies and like that stuff. So I did go off on a tangent and I'm sorry. But like I said, I can't edit this. So you, you're you stuck with me now. I know nobody's listening. So I'm, I'm going to listen to this uh, tomorrow. But <clears throat> 
anyway, it was just interesting to see the Kardashians kind of morph. And like I said, they could have gone in an authentic direction, but they're not authentic people. So I think now is an interesting time to be alive because we're so aware of everything. And like we, we made it out of the woke movement. I know not everybody has, but I think a lot of people my age are like over the woke movement. And they're actually, it's like the real life shit they do is more activism than posting online, right? So it was kind of this, uh, I guess for me, like, I guess in May, I don't know what year exactly, but it was like probably peaked in 2017, maybe. And I don't know, but wherever this like social justice activism, you know, like if you don't post this black screensaver, you know, you're racist, stuff like that. And I'm not, I'm not going to get into it, but like the social media justice warrior stuff became a thing and I fell for it. Because I do, I do feel like I want to be an activist in my heart. And I do like calling people out for their bullshit. But after a while, it started to feel disingenuous for me because I felt like I was only doing it to, because I thought, because I wanted, like I cared about what other people thought or like I, you know, wanted to appear a certain way. Or it was more like for people's perception of me, not really for the message. And so after a while, I kind of learned like that it's being woke ruins your life. It takes all the fun out of things because and, and I'm and I'm learning this now still because even because after exposing myself to all the celebrity culture and realizing it's all bullshit, you know, if you look at any entertainment or any media, it's like you see all these people in Hollywood and you're like, oh, that guy's a sex offender and he's a rapist and she's she's a prostitute. It's like you you know too much and then you can't enjoy the entertainment. So, and not that that's the case with everybody, but that's where it got with, got with me. And literally when I was watching, um, something the other night, I was like, I just found myself being so annoying. Cause I was like, oh my God, this is like all for the male gaze. Like, oh my God, can she put her tits away? Like, this is just for the male gaze. So men can watch because men fun the entertain. And my husband was like, dude, stop. He was like, you have to stop. And I was like, yeah, you're right. Because I can't, I'm not, I'm making my life worse now. It's not, I'm not helping anybody by sitting here in my room watching a show and like complaining to myself about the male gaze. Like it's not going to do anything about it. So I resort to kind of commenting on Reddit now. And I'm not even on, like I was, I was on Reddit this summer and I built up all my karma. I don't know where I'm at, but like. I now I'm anonymous and I was my my accounts anonymous on Reddit so you won't be able to find me but um and I was posting I was really active on like the Hilaria Baldwin subreddit which is one of my favorites I'm a Pepino and I was active on keeping up with the Kardashian snark page which is incredible I recommend it to everybody and I know people and I and I and it's like here's the thing when you're aware and I'm going to, I don't know, I want to do an episode on like the cost of awareness and how becoming so aware in the internet age can ruin everything, right? Because now we watch Home Alone and we're like, why was this child left alone and neglected by his family on Christmas? And it's like, you can't even enjoy the fucking movie. And when you're a kid, you don't think about that stuff. And that's why everything is so much more fun. Like, you're not looking at Disney and thinking, wow, this is a racist depiction of so-and-so. You're thinking, oh, my God, I love this movie. Um, and I I think it's important to be aware, obviously. And, like, do whatever you want. But you should be able to like and enjoy entertainment without feeling guilty. Especially because 
the people in power who have money, it's they're like you choosing not to watch something isn't super going to affect them financially. So it's really more of a personal choice, right? Um, so I kind of like, like unplugged myself from that mentality, especially after the, during the pandemic, because we were, we were all, I mean, besides, you know, Miss Kimberly Kardashian on her private Island, we were all faced with the reality of life. Some of us lost family members. My dad almost died from COVID and it was just too much going on for me to be triggered by somebody, you know, not... (laughs) saying the right pronouns or something, you know, any of that, any of the woke stuff. And the reason I, the thing that really kind of snapped me out of it, um, cause I'm a big comedy nerd. I'm sure if you listened to my last episode where I fangirled over one of my favorite comedy people, whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, I'm a big comedy girl. I love my comedians and comedy. <clears throat> so, Oh, fuck. Where was I going? So anyway, a lot of comedians are shady and, and shit and, and 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 they get canceled. Right. And some of them really deserve to get canceled. But it's really nuanced. These conversations are nuanced. And I guess it's upsetting whenever you're just trying to enjoy entertainment and then you have this little voice in the back of your mind, like saying like, oh, well, this person has like multiple allegations. And I know that's valid. I'm, and I think we should believe women and, and men. But I want to enjoy my entertainment, right? And I, there was, I was going somewhere else with that point about comedy. So I think whenever I unplugged from the woke bullshit was I was, I was and, and this is going to get into LGBTQ territory. And I don't really talk about that on my show um, because of how intense that community is. So, and I know a lot of us, if you're a fan of comedy, you know about Dave Chappelle and the trans community. Um, and I, and I'm, I'm not trans, I'm bi, and I know bisexual, like, it's not a thing, right? And there is bisexual erasure, but I don't like to talk about it, because I don't want people to come for me like that. So, but I'm going to give you, like, a brief little context, but, like, so I watched the Dave Chappelle special and in my opinion, he was not transphobic. Like the specific one where, you know, they were claiming he was transphobic. It was like a really actually, if you watch the whole thing and I don't even know what it's called. Right. But it was the one that Netflix like that people were like leaving Netflix for. But it was a really he shares a really empowering, beautiful story about a trans person he was friends with. Um, and I don't need to tell it because it's not my story and I'm not, and I, and so I thought it was interesting because there were people, the people who were critiquing him in the articles I read, it was like, I couldn't even watch the whole special. And I'm like, so you, you watch, you didn't watch the whole thing yet. You're claiming he's transphobic. And I thought that was really interesting. Um, and not, and I'm not saying each, what, what is what, what is what, like, I'm not, I'm not trying to tell you what I, what to do or what to believe, but I think a lot of the people who get super triggered and it's really that liberal, liberal, left, liberal, 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 left, rich, rich people that have the privilege to get triggered by this stuff. And I say that because uh, most of us, the rest of us have bigger things to worry about than somebody like misgendering us or using the wrong pronouns, you know, and I know that's less of an issue than transphobia. I don't want to deny the existence of transphobia, but I think when you're looking at something in order to tear it apart, 
And then if you don't, if you want to critique something, you need to, you need to do, you need to really do your research and, and watch the whole thing before you make it blast these opinions everywhere. Right. But back to the comedy stuff and the LGBTQ community. So I do love LGBTQ com um, comedians. A couple of my favorites, uh, Jessica Curson, she's my favorite all time ever comedian, uh, ever all time. Jessica Curson, love her. Um, I love Mateo Lane and I really love Emma Willman. So check them out, you know, if you remember their names. But I, li I listen to Emma Willman and uh, Mateo Lane's podcast, Inside the Closet. Uh, it's good. Like it's chill. It's good. Whatever. But I, I, I watch their stand up and they're, and it's, and Emma Willman is like a lesbian. She's like a, le a lesbian woman. She was in crazy ex-girlfriend. If you know that show, she was Valencia's girlfriend, the blonde girl. Beautiful. Like I love her. She's funny. And I mean, if you look at her, you can probably tell she's lesbians. And I'm not saying that to judge you, to judge somebody, but it's like, come on guys. <laughs> just use like I don't know there you could tell these things so anyway she talks about it in her interact and it's funny and she talks about it was just like um I might if I if I remember which I won't but there was one thing where she's she's a gay comedian and she's afraid to she was talking in her act about how she's afraid of gay people coming for her and at that point I said okay I'm unsubscribing <laughs> not from Emma Willman but from the idea of this woke bullshit because even gay comedians can't make jokes about the gay community. And at that point I thought we have gone too far. <laughs> the woke movement has gone too far. And if you're into comedy, you hear, a, you know, I listened to Jessica Curzon. I've listened to all, everything I can find that she's done. And she, she's been doing comedy for 20 plus years. And she was like, yeah, she talks about how it was a different time when she started. You could say anything. And there wasn't this fear of getting canceled or having the woke mob come after you. And there wasn't social media. So nobody was berating you in the comments online. And, you know, you're not trending on Twitter, right? It was just a different time. And I'm not saying we need to totally go back to that time. But I'm saying we should be allowed to have open discussions, man. You should be allowed to ask questions and talk about stuff without the fear of being, like, extremely judged. Um, and not that racism, sexism, homophobia, these things are real. These things are valid and real. Fat phobia is real. But you can't come into the conversation with like a chip on your shoulder. You have to come into the conversation being open and willing to listen and like maybe understand that somebody's going to have a different opinion than you. That's what I get annoyed with about Gen Z. And it's not, I'm not going to like drag anybody, but it's like, and it's not all of Gen Z. Um, it's just most of the people on social media that get triggered by all this stuff and ruin everything for everybody else, right? Um, and I think most of us who are my age and, and older are smart enough to have like discernment and know that we can enjoy our content without feeling guilty that we're supporting somebody who's like uh, who goes against our beliefs. Do you know what I mean? It just became such a personal thing, right? And I think after the pandemic, the celebrities became, they're irrelevant now. I, and to me, I mean, I appreciate the entertainment they provide, obviously. I think there's so much, um, there's so many good things going on in entertainment right now. I am loving the remakes uh, with more diversity. I'm really loving that. And I'm going to get into the reason why. 
Um, as a kid, because I've already got, it's already an hour and 17 minutes, like, let's just keep going. Oh, shit. Yeah, anyway, sorry, I'm looking at the time. Um, but I'm, I'm, I personally, and I understand, I, I get the, the argument that, like, remaking things is uncreative, um, and it's unnecessary. But I was on Peacock the other day, and I, and I do this, like, I think, and I, I mean, yeah, it's, like, okay to notice differences in people's skin tone. But, like, whenever I've gone on Netflix, all I see is white people everywhere. White, white, white. In every, like, movie thing, it's just all white people. And maybe that's just me. But I just noticed that. I was like, wow, why are there... there? I want to see more diversity. I want to see more diversity. And I'm white, but, like, it's still good to be surrounded by diversity, guys. Um, And so I think I, I can only afford Peacock right now as far as, like, you know, streaming services go. And Peacock is fucking amazing because NBC owns it and they own you own all the shit, all the rights to everything. So, but I think that the thing that made me think of this, like, I don't know, whenever Black Ariel happened and people were upset, I got really, I was like, fuck you guys. Fuck you guys so much because you're going out of your way to get upset about something that nobody's forcing you to watch. And representation is so important. People don't like, I don't, I don't, I don't know how people don't understand that. Um, and I, and I've grown up and I'm a white girl. Um, and I'm going to get into my ethnicity a little bit more in future episodes and like my cultural heritage, but you know, I have brown hair, brown eyes and growing up in the early two thousands, the standard of beauty was blonde hair, blue eyes, skinny, skinny, skinny. And I come from brunette, thick women. Right. And I know that's, like, not the same thing as, like, uh, seeing people who have the same skin tone as you. But I'm trying to relate it to my own experience, not to claim to know somebody else's experience. I'm trying to be really mindful, okay? Um, I'm never going to claim to know what it's like to be black, so I just talk about my experience with representation. And I think, and my mom is a teacher, and she she worked at a really diverse school. And so, and I've, I've been surrounded by diversity my life, my whole life because I grew up Seventh-day Adventist because Seventh-day Adventism is a super diverse religion. I mean, you know, where I've been. Um, so, and I don't want to get into all that, but like representation is extremely important more so than people think. And it's good to have people who look like you in the media. And I think now we're more aware of that because of the, because of the internet and, I'm not going to go any further with that because there's so much good content out there. I'm going to recommend a few, a few content creators that really educated me on all of this stuff. Um, one of them is Jackie Ina. She used to do a lot of cool makeup tutorials and she's done some videos about colorism and just really interesting things that you don't, I mean, maybe, you know, they go on, but if you're a white person, you haven't experienced that before. So it's like a really fun way to educate yourself because you're watching this beautiful woman do her makeup and educate you about colorism. Um, another creator I really like is D. Oh my God. I'm going to fuck up her name. Deepika. I don't know her last name. Oh my God. I feel bad. Deepika. I'm, and I'm probably not saying that right. But she is like a Southeast Asian creator (laughs) and she has she did makeup, too. And I don't I don't watch YouTube like I did anymore. But like just watching her videos, hearing what it's like to be, you know, a brown woman and like she created a uh, makeup company. And it's just like that stuff has been so cool to see. Um, 
And I think if you get into makeup, because I was into makeup, you know, peak beauty YouTube era. I was following all those girl, those gurus. And I liked following people of color because they would talk about how, like, the lack of foundation shades and how it was so hard for them to find a foundation match just at, you know, any kind of store, even at Sephora and all this stuff. And as a white person, you don't think about that, right? And so that alone made me aware of, like, these issues in our society. And it's something as simple as makeup. Um, and so I always liked watching those beauty guru reviews and the, and Jackie Ina kind of put me on to how shady the Kardashians are in a way, uh, because she would review their products and be, and she called Kim out and would, would say stuff like, Hey, you need more shades. Like whenever KKW beauty was a thing, just think about all their failed business ventures, guys. Um, but when KKW Beauty was a thing and she had those three contour palettes, I remember Jackie Ina tried the deepest shade and it was so, it's just like, cause she's funny and like, I don't know. I love Jackie Ina. Love her. Jackie, Jackie, Jackie. I love her. Um, so anyway, go check, go watch her. Cause like, that's good content. I don't know if she's on YouTube super a lot anymore, but her old videos, man, they're great. They're great. And the makeup tutorial is helpful. Like she has great tips, you know, even for white people, like fuck. Um, so I really, that really made me aware of all that stuff. Um, and it's really entertaining to, to see. And then there's so many other, like, uh, there's a lot of like black female content. And I mean, I can't, if you don't identify in a certain way, I'm not going to mention names because I know everybody has their own pronouns and I can't keep up. So, but several black, uh, content creators that I really enjoy, um, T Noir, T-E-E, Noir. She does commentary videos that are really good. Um, Khadija Mboe. I don't know if I'm saying your name right, but I really like her content. And then uh, the one I... Oh, Kimberly. Kimberly. For Harriet. That was the original channel I watched. I think she's on a different channel, but I don't remember her name. But there's a lot of these cool uh, black influencers that you can follow on YouTube if you want to learn more about all that stuff. I don't want, I don't feel, I can't talk about it because it's not my experience, but it's really good to hear another perspective and to learn about representation and how it affects people and how important it is. And I think I know that even just as a little basic white girl. So I imagine how different it would be growing up as a black person and seeing no black people in the media. It does affect you, right? So whenever I see things like The Little Mermaid um, and I see the show that Mindy Kaling, who I love, everything she touches is gold, in my opinion. If you haven't watched The Mindy Project, please. It's like such an amazing show. And I love Mindy Kaling. And I don't Kaling. I don't know how to say her last name properly, but she is so cool. I just respect her so much because she's like a writer. She's like everything, writer, producer, actor. It's like she does it all and she's really good. And she's made a lot of good shows. I haven't even watched all of them. I heard The Sex Lives of College Girls was good too. But I think I appreciate it because it's nice to see, you know, more diversity in the media. And her new show, Velma. Um, I wasn't even into Scooby-Doo like that as a kid because I didn't have, I only had PBS as the channel and like we weren't allowed to watch TV. Um, but I watched it here and there and I, and I, and I, I, the other night I watched the trailer for Velma with my husband. I was like, bro, this looks amazing. This is a remake I can get behind. Uh, and I really appreciate it now because I, well, anyway, because of the events in my life, 
you know, and I'm married to a black guy. Um, it's just like representation is really important to me now because if we have kids, I want my kids to grow up and see people who look like them in the media. That's super important. And it's really helpful. Like, I don't think people understand the psychology behind it. So anyway, I appreciate all that stuff. So there's like benefits to the woke movement. There's good things that have come out of it. I think the issue I have is getting triggered. When you get triggered, and I get triggered all the time. But like, I think if you get to that point where it's like triggering for you to watch a TV show, which I'm at, you know. Um, if you get to that point because you know too much about everything, then that's time. It's time to take a break, right? Um, so that's kind of where I was at. And I think being aware, being woke, when I say woke, I mean like the annoying liberal woke. I don't mean like real actual progress. Like these remakes, like the Bridgerton, all that. I love, I think that's positive and helpful. And that's like a, a, and that's not even because of the woke movement, because these um, people of color have been in entertainment the whole time. It's just they aren't given opportunities like the white people were. And I don't know. And it's really cool to see people of color, you know, be represented. And they've always been in entertainment. So it's not like this is like, oh, why are these people on my screen? You know, like it's it's I mean, black people have totally created culture <laughs> in the United States. And I don't need to get into that because I, I, I'm not qualified. But that's why I recommend those channels. And I know this kind of turned into a weird thing. Um, and I know I talked about the Kardashians and the body stuff. But somehow I ended up in the woke movement. I, I guess because I want to be able to enjoy my entertainment without feeling guilty. Um. So now, and I don't watch the new show, The Kardashians, because, like, it's so boring. <laughs> and they're really, they've revealed themselves to be extremely boring and shallow. And they were the whole time. But I think whenever the show started, they had, they had a little more authenticity to them. Um, and, and Chris could have gone further with that, but she invested in their beauty instead of their authenticity. And look where they are now. I know y'all, I know, I know there's a lot of people who think Kim is hot still, which is cool, whatever. I'm not going to say she's ugly, obviously. But like, I think all their, all their content is like for the male gaze. And, and it's like, are we surprised? Kim started her career out with, uh, you know, a sex tape, which is all, again, um, you know, and it's come out now that it was all planned and orchestrated by Kris Jenner, which I guess I thought we knew that the whole time. But I guess Ray J kind of came out with the receipts. There was a whole thing, if you guys aren't aware. Um, but anyway, so I guess I thought we knew the whole time that Chris had orchestrated this sex tape. But now when you get deeper into it, you realize that Kim was copying Paris, who had actually had her sex tape leaked. And, and it was revenge porn. And so she... <laughs> took her friend's trauma and then, you know, copied it and claimed, claimed it to be stolen and claimed it to be revenge porn and then built her entire brand off of it. And I mean, I don't know anything about Paris, but it's just interesting because the Kardashians don't have any original ideas. So, I mean, you, yeah. And if you've seen the sex tape, which I know a lot of people have, like I watched it cause I was like curious. I was like, what, you know, I want to know. 
I mean, it's the worst. It's so boring. It's so boring. She just, and I get, you know, I don't know. I guess I just don't think Kim has a lot of sex appeal. Yeah, you have all that body and you can't dance. You have no rhythm. And I'm not saying, I'm not, you know, there's nothing to be said more, but it's like, I don't, to me, I don't think she has sex appeal. I think a lot of people, I think her, she's like kind of formed her body to be this like sexually desirable thing, which really does appeal to men. And, 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 and if you find her attractive, that's your prerogative. Like, don't, don't take my opinion as fact, but just hear me out. But like, I think her crazy proportions, like she looks like an anime character. And I know men love that, right? Because that's like, that's all they, you know, men are visual. We can't deny it. We can't deny it. So they do see Kim as like hot because she's appealing to what they want. And she's forming her body to be perfect for men. So, and it's always been about the men for them. Um... And I know maybe people don't believe that, but like, I, I have you bought any of their products? I would like to know. I bought a pair of good American jeans and they were really expensive. Um, I got them like on a discount and I liked them. I liked them a lot. I thought they were, I don't know. I, I liked them, but then they ripped and I haven't worn them. And I also, I think it's interesting because they say they're made in America. Excuse me. Sorry. I can't edit this out. They say they're made in America, but then it was exposed that they were like manufactured in Turkey. Um, And also a lot of their businesses are not really run by them. I know Kim is always like, you know, saying she works a lot, but no, she doesn't. She doesn't have, she doesn't do shit. And like Skims is like partially owned by somebody else. There's just like a lot of stuff going on with their businesses. That's super shady. And I encourage you to look into it. Uh, But anyway, I just the reason I wanted to mention them is because I think it's interesting to note that, you know, we've seen what valuing your appearance does to society. We've seen it. We we were in the 2000s. Like you can you can look at the, the way the media criticized women and it still does, but it's different now. But just like criticizing their bodies, I mean, and just only valuing people for their appearance. And it doesn't it's not like sustainable. So next time you want to make a comment about your fat friend because you think they probably feel horrible about themselves, just stop. And I know I started off this episode really heated at Shkreli Shkortney, um, but like, I don't care about her. I just wanted, I'm never going to speak to this bitch in my life. I just wanted somebody, maybe somebody will send this to her, Um, but like. I don't, please don't talk to my family. Please don't go around saying we're friends. Cause we're not girl. And even people, I don't know. I don't have, I have like two friends, literally two friends. So please, because you went to high school with me, don't assume. And I'm not talking to the people who I care about. You know who you are. If I care about you, I'm not talking about you, but if you went to high school with me and you have an opinion about me, don't like, I don't care. So anyway, I will talk to you guys later and please follow my Instagram manic state of mind podcast. Just a little update. I, I, I made my account, my personal account public, uh, because I have other content I want to produce on there. I have a lot of like little comedy stuff I want to do. And I actually posted a bunch of reels yesterday and I have a couple scheduled, um, posts coming out I think this week or you know maybe even next week I have some scheduled posts so just so you're aware 
the way my the way my formula is working right now um on my podcast oh sorry guys i hope the audio isn't fucking up right now sorry i'm like i said uh, nothing yeah i'm poor okay sorry guys um like i said i so on my on my manic state of mind instagram i promote my podcast so that's going to be all the podcast content is going to be on there so if you want information about the episodes and you want to link to the show go there on my personal page which is i i'm not going to link it but uh i'll link it eventually but anyway it's it's linked in my um in my bio for on the podcast page so on my personal instagram it's going to be my personal photos that i take Um, and they're fun. They're cool. You can check it out. It's public now. And then I'm going to make some reels, um, more, more personal stuff. I do, I do comedy content relating to the podcast I post during the week, if that makes sense. So like last podcast was about poverty. So on my personal page, I have a reel of a comedy reel where I do a grocery haul um, and all I bought is milk, right? Because it's the new trend is poverty. Um, So anyway, I like to make fun of influencer culture. I like, I really, I talk shit about the Kardashians on there, but it's more lighthearted and fun. I'm not really into informing people about stuff like that anymore because there's so many other accounts that are dedicated to that kind of stuff. So I would just recommend looking into that. But I'm not, I'm posting more of my own content right now. And then I post funny stuff too. But it's not as per, it's just my, it's just my personal page. And I also, just so you know, I hate being on Instagram. I really hate it. I really hate it. I wish, if I could have one wish, I wish I could do YouTube videos again. Um, But it's so, you, I, I don't expect to be successful in any endeavor online. But, and I'm never getting on TikTok again because <laughs> I hate it. Um, but I'm going to be on Instagram. So, cause I just don't have the resources to make YouTube videos anymore. And I'm not, and I, and I'm not expecting to get successful. I don't, I'm, I'm not asking you to share this. I appreciate people who share my stuff. Thank you. Um, but I don't expect anybody to listen or enjoy this content ever. So I'm not, I don't know. So it's like, just, if you want to watch, just check it out. I don't care. I just want to promote it. Um, just for me. This is all for me. So anyway, I hope you guys are having a good day. I just wanted to let you know how the content is going to be laid out. Also on my podcast page, I post kind of content mood boards, um, which are sort of like sneak peeks of topics I'm going to be discussing. But there's no plan with the episodes because I live a strange life and I'm not, a I don't know, I, I'm going with the flow right now and I'm trying to find a schedule that really suits me. So if you are expecting scheduled shit, regular shit, it's not going to happen. So yeah, I'm just going with the flow and I do sometimes schedule posts and stuff, but I'm not going to be replying to any messages at this point because it's too much for me. Even if I know you, I'm not going to reply at this point because I hate being on Instagram and I hate the interactions on social media because I never know like I can't read people's tone through the messages even if they're positive right so if you want to hit me up and and you have my number you know where to find me but anyway I uh follow Manic State of Mind podcast uh follow Sky Menhart it's all it's linked in my show on 
Instagram on my show page. So don't, I'm not going to spell it out because my last name is so confusing. Anyway, guys, I hope you're having a great day. I will talk to you later.